Welcome to Roll Call, a 126th Air Refueling Wing podcast of the Illinois Air National Guard at Scott Air Force Base. I'm your host, Technical Sergeant Brian Ellison. The Roll Call podcast focused on people, mission, and community. What's up to our deployers? Thanks for listening. Coming up, we're talking the 5-6 Council with President of the Council, Tech Sergeant Andrew Kleiser, plus the Boomer Board is coming up if you're interested in fuel and planes up in the air. Right now, there are thousands of National Guard troops in the nation's capital to support law enforcement during the presidential inauguration. Many of the soldiers and airmen are getting there via the Air National Guard in an historic airlift. The director of the Air National Guard Public Affairs, Lieutenant Colonel Devin Robinson, said the volume of aircraft personnel and equipment that is processing through Andrews is pretty much unprecedented. He went on to say that our Guard airmen are returning, are turning a massive number of aircraft in a very short period of time. He says it really is amazing. Some 125 National Guard aircraft, including one of our own tankers from the 126th Air Refueling Wing, flew 134 sorties into Washington, bringing more than 7,000 National Guard troops and 2.3 million pounds of cargo from around the nation. The flights into Joint Base Andrews in Maryland continued Saturday. They were handled by the 89th Airlift Wing. The director of Air National Guard, Lieutenant General Mike Lowe, said the type of mission that we are involved in right now just demonstrates the nature of the Air National Guard. He went on to say, We pride ourselves in being the first to the fight, whether it be responding to natural disasters, COVID-19, civil unrest, or providing support to our local, state, and federal partners for the inauguration. In addition, more than 4,000 Guard members are protecting state capitals and other infrastructures in other infrastructures in states. At the same time, more than 21,000 guardsmen and women are supporting the COVID pandemic response in every state and territory. With uh, overseas missions, there are nearly 71,000 National Guard members engaged in homeland and overseas missions. About half the Guard soldiers and airmen will conduct security-related missions to include crowd control, traffic control, and assisting with entry and exit points. State and local law enforcement agencies remain responsible for security. The D.C. National Guard will also perform ceremonial duties. Military involvement in presidential inaugurations date back to April 30th, 1789, when members of the U.S. Army, local militias, the modern-day National Guard, and Revolutionary War veterans escorted George Washington to New York City, the seat of government for his inauguration ceremony. Vice President Mike Pence gave his thanks to the National Guard, saying that he wants to convey the gratitude the administration, and the American people have for citizens, soldiers, and airmen who are here in our nation's capital and to their families. Vice President Pence said, We're very proud and grateful for work they have done and will do in the historic days ahead. Did you see the uh, pictures uh, in D.C.? Governor Pritzker surprised our Illinois Guardsmen there in D.C. with pizza. And what I saw on the, uh, the bellhop, cart, if you want to call it that, was at least, I think I counted close to 30 pizzas, and it looked like they were still unloading more onto this cart at the hotel they were staying at. How would you like to be the, uh, the, the delivery guy, the pizza guy that delivered those pizzas? Hi, we are the 126 recruiting team. I'm Master Sergeant Heather Wildey, recruiting flight chief. 
I'm Technical Sergeant Richard Olson, Production Recruiter. To learn more about career training with the 126, give us a call at 618-222-5701. But, but wait, there's, there's more. more. Give us a call in the next five minutes and you could qualify for four years of free college tuition. Tech Sergeant Andrew Kleiser is joining us today. You know what, Andrew? I got to say, you are probably the, I say this in the nicest way, you are the lowest ranking person I've ever had on the podcast. Wow. Yeah, so uh, thanks for uh, coming in today. If you're watching on video, uh, he is a civilian this week. He's uh, working his other job. I appreciate him coming in this week to talk to us. Andrew uh, just joined the JAG office. He used to be a part of the, the great and mighty public affairs, but uh, for whatever reason, he decided to go to the JAG office. So, I mean, we're not going to hold it against him. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, Andrew's here to talk about the five... Six Council. Tell us about uh, the Five Six Council. The Five Six Council is uh, it's a private organization here at the wing with uh, the staff sergeants, staff sergeants and tech sergeants. Um, it's a it's a chance for us to get together and uh, organize community service events. We've done in the past. We've held kind of morale events. The the uh, annual volleyball tournament. Oh yeah. That is usually held over at uh, Silver Creek Saloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, we didn't have one this past year. Thank you, COVID. But um, typically, that's that's an event that Five Six um, sponsors and organizes, and usually we have fantastic turnout. Um, you guys raise that money uh, through the volleyball. What what do you guys do with that money? So it'll go to uh, kind of support our Five Six operations. Um, in the past, when we when we've had meetings, uh, we'll provide pizza. Um, maybe donuts or we'll provide different things. Um, and then oftentimes we'll uh, donate to various causes in our local community. Uh, we held um, a toy drive in, around the holidays. Oh, that's great. We usually do. Um, and oftentimes we'll, we'll donate cash for, oh. for those projects. You guys did that last month? Did you guys do that? You, I know you guys were trying to do it last month. But with uh, COVID and all that. So we were not able to kind of organize our toy drive this past year. It's just you know, COVID obviously makes things extremely challenging. Yeah. Um, and with all of our council members or most of our council members either teleworking um, or deployed, um, I think one left the wing as well. So it's, uh, you know, when we're all separated, it's, it's not as easy and, Right. It's not as easy to be organized and, and get stuff, yeah. get stuff done. I, I, th I would imagine one thing with everybody meeting, with, you know, with a bunch of uh, uh, E5s, E6s meeting together, uh, this is probably a good chance uh, just not to hang out, but maybe to kind of network too, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, COVID kind of yeah. put a damper on five, six meetings this past year. Um, but... Um, we plan on having meetings again in the future. We're starting to kind of ramp things back up a little bit. Uh, things will obviously have to change slightly. We're not going to be able to fill an auditorium with staff sergeants and tech sergeants anymore. But the goal is to get um, a small group of staffs and techs from each unit. So at least each unit is represented, um, and they can kind of be the, the, the POC, the 5-6 POC for, for their units and bring back whatever information we share, events, um, and, and kind of share that among their, their peers.
What's the challenge of uh, having a club in the National Guard where we only really meet, we only get to see each other once a month? Uh, I'd say the, the, the biggest challenge is, is just having that, that distance, that separation. Um, before, before COVID, most of us were in the office and it was pretty easy to schedule a meeting. Sure. Uh, and, and get in touch. But with everybody teleworking, it's, um, you know, obviously you can still do telecons, but uh, we've, we've struggled making that transition going from in-person meetings to, uh, to accomplishing a lot via telecon. Yeah, and uh, you guys just had a, a meeting the other day where you invited a lot of folks. What was that meeting uh, about that you just had in uh, the January drill? So over uh, Saturday, January drill, we had a, uh, a nominations kind of teleconference. And really it was, it was pretty brief, but it was just a chance for, uh, for us to spread the word. Um, February we'll be having elections for okay. a new 5-6 council um, officer board. Okay. Um, so we're looking for nominees who are kind of go-getters, hard chargers, um, and kind of looking to take on a fun project to revamp, continue, continue to revamp 5-6. Uh, the one good thing about the 5-6 is they've got, a, they've got a mentor that comes along with the, the club. Who's that mentor, and how do they help? Chief Mertz was assigned our mentor in November. Um, we've met with him a couple times. Uh, he's provided great guidance, and he's kind of given me, um, I think, a good vision for what 5-6 should transition into. I feel like we need to try and focus more internally on okay. our wing members and maybe kind of reduce the number of outward community service events where we're looking for volunteers and things like that and try to focus on growing our staff sergeants and tech sergeants. By growing, you mean uh, bringing in uh, more, m you know, more people? Is that what he means by growing? I mean, when I say growing, I'm, I'm talking like professional development. Um, and that includes networking. But... He made a good point. Um, you know, it's important that our staffs and our tech sergeants, they learn about our overall wing. And that's not just their job, but they need to understand what other units are responsible for. Um, you know, being in PA, we were fortunate enough to kind of venture out and meet everybody across the wing. Right. And so we kind of have a pretty good idea of what fuels do over at pol and right and what scms does and med group and but i mean perhaps med group doesn't really know all that much about what supply chain management does and what their overall responsibility is um, so it's i think it's important for for our staffs and techs in order for all of us to grow into senior ncos we got to have that overall kind of understanding of what our wing is responsible for and how would something like that look uh, to get the the two get, to get people from you know staffs and techs from one group to see what the other group is doing, How, is there uh, opportunities for that? So one of the recommendations that was made was um, when we have our meetings, is to kind of assign or look for volunteers from each units to just kind of provide a pretty high level briefing on their operation. It doesn't have to be anything highly detailed because you know odds are we're not going to remember <laughs> super specific information but if they can kind of give us a general idea of what all they do okay um i think it would have a really good impact on uh, our our airmen 
So you're electing uh, officers, president, vice president, which I should mention that uh, Tech Sergeant Andrew Kleiser here from 5-6 is the president of uh, the 5-6 club. So you're looking for uh, council officials, but not just the count. You're looking for more than just people uh, to be council officials. You're looking for other people as well, just to join in and be a part of the group, right? Right. So February... We are holding our, uh, our elections for the new officer board. Right. Um, but any staff and tech sergeant uh, is eligible to be involved in the 5-6 council. Okay. Um, so you don't have to be the president to, to show up. Show up and just be a part of it. Just being a member, it's got to pretty, look pretty good on an EPR, you know. I mean, because when you're getting up to higher ranks or if you want to become uh, – uh, Airman of the Year, you know, that looks, it reflects well on you if you're in those positions. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it shows that you care about professional development. Um, it shows that you care about the wing and that you want to be involved. Um, and it also definitely gives you a chance to kind of have some, some interaction with senior leaders. Um, How has COVID affected, uh, I mean, COVID's turned absolutely everything upside down how has uh that affected your five six council meetings well, COVID has pretty much eliminated our five six council meetings at least as a group for the last year yeah that's good um yeah COVID has kind of destroyed the way that we typically operate for for five six we uh we were able to do our toy drive back in what december 2019 2019 right um then covid hit and i think along with everybody else we're adjusting to this new normal and uh, folks who are teleworking including myself uh, it's a serious challenge trying to work from home and watch a two-year-old and i know there's lots of people out there who are trying to go through the same thing so you know, the additional stuff like five, six kind of gets pushed aside because you just feel like you're trying to survive. Right. How, how, how do you think we, we fix that? How do you, I mean, what, what do we do to get more people involved? Because I, I, I'd like to be involved and maybe I'll throw my hat in because I'm a full-timer now. Maybe I can, maybe more full-timers can take that, can take that and, and run with it and maybe try to, I don't want to, I don't want to say improve the club, but reform the club in a different way well i will say that it's it's much easier when you've got a at least a good portion of the five six executive council who are full-timers at the wing it definitely makes things a lot easier to um, organize meetings and, and plan that's kind of that's typically how it was before covid hit um so it was a lot easier to touch base before UTA. Right. And then have our UTA meeting. Um, but as opposed to now trying to organize, trying to organize a, a group five, six council meeting over throughout the course of a month is just, it's a challenge. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a full-timer, I know a lot of uh, full-timers listen to this podcast. Uh, really, if you're in the five, six, uh, really think about uh, participating. What happens if I were to rank up? Do I stay in the council until at a certain point, or what happens there? So if you do, if you put on master, 
Um, I believe, and I have to double check our constitution, but I believe it's uh, six months. I think you're able to stay in five, six for a period of about six months, and then you'll... And then you're shunned. Then you're shunned. Never thought of again. But, you know, there's always, there's always mentors needed out there. So maybe instead of being a, quote, voting member of 5-6, you can still be an advisor, and you can still encourage your staffs and techs to get involved and uh, offer any guidance to them. So it's still, still good. So you are taking nominations now for the five six council. Yep. How do we nominate somebody? If you uh, if you'd like to make nominations, um, I would recommend you can e- either reach out to myself. Uh, you can look me up in the global, or uh, I would recommend reaching out to Lakeisha Williams. She's our secretary. Okay. And she can uh, she can kind of keep track of everything and, and share that with the executive council. If you want to uh, reach out to her, uh, I think I'll do that and uh, try to throw my name in and help out the council. I've got some ideas, and I know uh, Sergeant, uh, Chief Mertz has some ideas. So, uh, you know, I think we just get need more people in and involved, and we can uh, make a positive change. You know, because I, 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 I always thought maybe the 5-6 Council is just like you said, a career builder. It's just to get people in and, and to, to become better NCOs. And then along with, you know, helping out the wing as well. You know what I think we should do? I think we should, because uh, you're a cyclist, I'm a cyclist, I think we should have a century ride. We should do Whoa. a 25-mile, a 50-mile, and a 100-mile and a option for, for, uh, for the 5-6 club, to, to, think, to benefit the 5-6 club. Do you think we could find any sponsors? I think it'd be really hard to find a sponsor of uh, the five six century ride. Uh, hmm. I think I have an idea though of somebody who might be <laughs> able to help out the five six council uh, century ride. Yeah, twenty five miles easy. Oh yeah, you could do twenty five miles. Anybody could do twenty five miles. Yep, you can do it. Maybe okay. We'll even do a ten. We'll do a ten, twenty five, fifty, hundred. I'm liking this idea a lot. I think you, I'm going to nominate you. Okay. I'd to love to do up, I so. would love to do this. Yeah, it would be great. I mean, we raise money for that. You raise money. I mean, I don't know if I would go as... I mean, you can do it... For, I think you can do it for pretty cheap because I've done a lot of virtual rides over the last uh, year. I've got like six, seven medals uh, that I've done that I like this. Oh, this medal right over here. This Here, I'll show you this. The, the Philadelphia 76, uh, <laughs> 76 miler. And That's awesome. uh, I got a... A, a bell, a, a bell uh, with a ribbon uh, medal, and it's like it was cheap. It was actually, I That's mean, awesome. But you, nowadays, you can go online and you can do all these virtual rides. Like I did the Midnight Rambler, uh, mm-hmm. did that virtual this year, and it's uh, a lot of fun. So uh, we could even do a virtual ride for that for the Five Six Club. We could, yeah. But hopefully, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, by uh, by. Uh, Mid-April, I'm going to be at Bush Stadium watching baseball games with uh, a few other people. Not everybody, but, you know, if you got your, if you get your little vaccine, come on in, buddy. Like it's going to be a full season next year, so. Oh, yeah, and hockey season, we're, we're, we're recording this on uh, January 13th, starts tonight. Blues in Colorado, 9.30, I'll be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> What made you uh, choose to join the Air National Guard? So my dad was uh, a navigator on the KC-135, actually. Oh, and that's so, cool. Um, I've kind of always been around the Air Force, and I've always known about the 135 and its mission. Um, and so 
when I was in college, I had some buddies who had joined the, uh, the 126 and another Illinois Air National Guard unit up in uh, Peoria. Okay. And uh, halfway through college, I just decided eh, I need a break. And so I decided to join Joined the guard. Esker was my recruiter. He found me a spot in PA. So uh, before I knew it, I was in BMT and tech school and then finally back in college. What did you get? You got your degree? Yeah, I studied uh, accounting and then I got my master's in business administration. Oh, nice. What made you choose the uh, 126th? Because you said you joined the Air National Guard. Uh, you were in college. Were you near? Were you living near Peoria at the time? No, I was actually, I was at uh, SIUE in oh, Edwardsville, okay. so I was local. Um, okay. 126 just kind of made sense because it was convenient, but also I did really like the uh, the 135 and kind of that mission, so. And you've uh, you've held several jobs in the public affairs. You started out as a broadcaster, right? I did. Started out as a broadcaster and kind of made the transition to photojournalism, you which I en- enjoyed. You cross-trained into that. Because yep. now, just in the last year, we've all, we've all become one. We are now called mass communicators. Communicate, we're in mass communications. Tech Sergeant Kleiser, he's with the 5-6 Council. He's the president. He was in public affairs. And as we were just talking about, you're now in JAG. And very shortly, you're heading off to tech school, right? Yep, that's right. Going down to Montgomery, Alabama for 14 weeks. I'm going to learn how to be a paralegal. That's, uh, that's exciting stuff. What made you want to choose that? Go from, one, go from PA to just across the hall to JAG. You know what? I, so I've been in the guard for about a, 11 years now, and I just kind of felt like I needed to try something yeah. new. Yeah. Um, love PA. Love the people in PA. Uh, amazing team. Great friendships, um, wonderful leaders, but I just kind of felt the pull towards learning something new, and uh, an opportunity in contracting came up, and it really kind of meshes well with what I do on the civilian side as a contract specialist, uh, and so I figured I'd jump on it. You're a contracting specialist, uh, as a, that, so you don't wear a uniform over. You're working for the contracting in 375th. 375th as an Air Force civilian. Oh, okay, that's cool. So you were saying about contracting in the JAG? Yeah, I just kind of thought that the, uh, while it's not the same thing, uh, the legal training um, definitely complements what we do on the contracting side. Everything we do is based on uh, acquisition regulation. So uh, kind of getting training as a paralegal will will kind of complement contracting. That's a, that's a great, I mean, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're, we, you know, we try to push here in, uh, in other, as part of the recruiting business is, hey, what you do on, the, uh, on, uh, on your weekend drills can certainly uh, help you out in your civilian life. And that's what you're seeing, oh, yeah. you know, or maybe the opposite, but it's still, you mm-hmm. know, you know and, and being able to move to that uh, from public affairs, which I don't know why you would ever leave public affairs. This is the greatest job in the world. But. It was bittersweet leaving. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, and I mean, not to brag on Andrew, but he was like our fearless, le- oh, I'm all, you know, our fearless leader among us lower enlisted. And now I've had to pick up the slack, and I think I hope I've done okay. But uh, yeah, I've got total confidence in you. Uh, thanks, buddy. So uh, we got to talk about it. Cycling. Where are we at? How's how's it going? 
You, are you indoors riding? A little bit. A little bit. You got that new setup. Didn't you get a new setup? I did get a new setup, and I, I do ride. The problem is I'm not consistent with my riding, so I'm, ever, I'm not making any progress. But I'll have 14 weeks to uh, oh, yeah. hone my training and get back onto a schedule. And You have a cross? Regimen. What do you have, a cross bike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what kind is it? Cannondale. Okay. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Is it hilly down there in Montgomery, Alabama? That's where you're going? I mean, it's yeah. Just, I really don't know. Actually, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, yeah. You gotta get in the in the training. You gotta get in that mindset of wherever I'm going, I gotta see what the riding's like. See, I'm going to Poland, and I'm trying to angle to see how uh, how I can bring my uh, bike. Are you bringing your bike? I'm trying. I'm thinking about. I'm figuring out how. I'm uh, scamming and scheming to see if I how I can get my bike over and just put it. I we have that big black Pelican case. I think I might be able to fold it. Or not fold it, but. Take it apart. And take it apart and be like, yeah, it's part of, uh, you know, like radar and mash sending a home bits and pieces of a, of a Jeep. Might be worth it. Yeah. Ride <laughs> in another country. I mean, I've ridden in Germany, but I mean, just so say you've ridden in Poland. Why not? I'm all about it. How, how often do you have elections for five, six? Uh, it's about every year and a half. I guess the last thing I'd want to say with, with five, six is like, I'll, I'll be honest when I took over five, six, I, I took over as president because I, I wanted to keep 5-6 going, and I knew that, you know, we kind of had a regular schedule, you know. It was, it was pretty straightforward, you know. Right. You'd find a speaker to speak at your meetings. We had our community service events pretty much all planned out, the same ones every year mm-hmm. at our volleyball tournament. And then, bam, we start planning for the, the next year and get your new board of officers on. When I took over and COVID hit, yeah, I, I struggled to keep up with my own work and my own family. So, I mean, you're five, not alone. Tough. No, no absolutely not, not. I know there's a lot of people out there who, who are struggling. And, and you got it hard, too, because your wife, I mean, we got to mention your wife is a full-time nurse, and she's uh, your wife's over in the reserves. Yep. Which, which unit she's in? Yeah, she's over at the 932nd. 932nd. So, I mean, you got it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's a lot to take in, a lot to, you know. It's a lot, but. Keep going. And, you know, everybody, there's a lot of folks out there who are juggling just as much as, as we are. Um, so, but everybody has, you know, everybody has priorities, and there's only so much that, that you can do and you can plan. So, uh, I would encourage you know, if there's some, some staffs and some techs out there who are ambitious and excited, not that I'm not ambitious or excited, but if there's, if they're uh, ambitious and excited to kind of take on a project and really just hit the ground running, um, five, six is looking for you. So reach out to myself or, uh, Lakeisha Williams over at MSG. Um, you can find her in the global. You can probably look her up on Facebook too, but reach out to one of us and uh, we'll get you on the, the ballot for February. Okay. All right. That is Tech Sergeant Andrew Kleiser. He's from JAG, but he's uh, more importantly right now the president of the 5-6 council and elections are coming up. How are you guys going to be voting? You, uh, how, how's that going to work? So we're still trying to kind of work the details, but right now... The plan is to have an in-person meeting in February. Okay. Um, Got to 
figure out a time exactly right now. Uh, we're kind of looking for the, the multi-purpose room so that we have enough space to kind of spread out a little bit. Right. Um, but yes, the meeting will be in person um, in February. All right. Again, that's uh, Tech Sergeant Andrew Kleiser. He's the he's in JAG, but he's also uh, the president of the Five Six Council. Andrew, thanks for uh, coming in and being on the other side. You got it. With your look around the Air Force, I'm Staff Sergeant Britt Crowley. The Language Enabled Airmen Program, or LEAP, is accepting new cadet applications through March 5th. LEAP is a program designed to help improve airmen's language and cultural capabilities and awareness. LEAP develops leaders to be cross-culturally competent, which enhances the ability to meet global mission requirements for the Air Force. To become a LEAP cadet, airmen must show some level of proficiency in a foreign language specified on the Air Force Strategic Language List. The Air Force looks at an applicant's academic history, job performance, language proficiency, and other requirements. Cadets in LEAP are required to take online classes and attend language immersions known as language-intensive training events. The Department of Defense is committed to providing flexible support to FEMA and America's COVID-19 response. Military members have deployed to hospitals and medical centers across the U.S. and have worked alongside civilian doctors to help manage and treat patients during the various waves of COVID. With medical centers overwhelmed during the fight against COVID, having extra personnel from the DOD has allowed for a collaborative effort between medical professionals to provide care. The Department of the Air Force is working to make sure disciplinary actions are carried out in a fair and impartial way. Commanders must now track data from lesser disciplinary actions that include administrative counseling, admonishments, and reprimands. They'll look at data demographics like rank, age, gender, race, and ethnicity of those who issue and receive the discipline in order to find any instances of unfairness. Commanders will report their findings to installation staff judge advocates. Lieutenant General Jeffrey Rockwell, Judge Advocate General for the Department of the Air Force, says the intent is to aid commanders in their responsibility to build a lethal, disciplined force to execute national security missions, and more specifically, to see disciplinary trends in their organizations. And that's your look around the Air Force. Coming up in February is a boom selection board for current military members and civilians. A boom operator, that's the in-flight refueling specialist selection board, is for drill status guardsmen. That's uh, your DSG guardsmen. The board is tentatively scheduled for February 20th at 09. Applications are due by the end of business, close of business, 17 February. Applications need to have a cover letter, a resume, that must include three references, three letters of recommendation, which may come from references, a minimum armed service vocational aptitude battery, ASVAB, is uh, 55 in the general category. I forgot what ASVAB stood for. Now I know. I won't remember it, though. See the recruiting Facebook page for more information on the board and what else you need, or give the recruiting office a call, 618-222-5701. You can call the Scott Air Force Base Information Hotline, 618-256-7232 in case of inclement weather, or check the Scott Air Force five, Scott Air Force Base Facebook page or the 126th Air Refueling Wing Facebook page. That's in case of uh, inclement weather. You can find all of our links to our webpage and Facebook at linktr.ee forward slash 126ARW. If you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, you can also download this on your favorite podcast app. Take us with you, please. 
Thanks for listening to Roll Call, a 126th Air Refueling Wing podcast focused on people, mission, and community. I'm Tech Sergeant Brian Ellison.